Welcome to Podcast Marketing Secrets, the place for entrepreneurs, coaches, and CEOs who are looking to grow their business with the podcast, become a key person of influence in their industry, and get their ideal clients to come to them, also known as Attraction Marketing. I'm your host, Al Morenton. My guest today is Ron Reich. Ron is a passionate leadership management development subject matter expert and coach with 28 years of experience in diversified industries. An expert facilitator, Ron believes in involving participants and clients in their learning, leading to higher engagement and quality results. Also a voracious reader, he stays current with the latest research and philosophies, which he loves sharing with his clients. Welcome to the show, Ron. Al, thank you. It's really good to be here. I appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit how you got started and what led you down the path that you're on now? <laughs> you know, it's every, I, I'm asked that question quite often. And every time I, I chuckle because it's an interesting story. I began my career so many years ago in human resources and I enjoyed it. I wasn't passionate about it. It was fine. And I did that for about, oh, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years, whatever it may have been. Some friends of mine and I decided to open an HR consulting firm. And we did that for, again, maybe three, four years, something along those lines. For a number of different reasons, we decided to shut the doors. I was going through a very nasty divorce at the time. I had nowhere to go except to move back in with my mom and dad. And Al, I did that. I'm in New Jersey. And out of nowhere, I got a telephone call from a recruiter in Dallas, Texas, who said to me, I have a job that is the exact opposite of what you are. It's with Toshiba. They are looking for somebody who has a lot of training and some HR. You have a lot of HR and some training. I can get you in front of them. What you need to do is to get them to flip their competencies. That happened. I got into training and development actually a little over 30 years ago now, and I have not looked back since. And I am I'm just so blessed. I'm so grateful because I love what I do. And I, I, I say this proudly, and I hope it comes across that way. I'm really good at what I do, too. And, and I just I, I love doing it. And I mean, there are times I still will smile to myself. I'm like, man, I get paid to do this. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's awesome. That that that's beautiful. So um, we'll, we'll get into like exactly what it is that you do. But uh, um, let's start off with what what is um, emotional intel- intelligence? Emotional intelligence for me, I I define it a little differently. I think than a lot of people. For me, Al, the way I look at it, it's getting to know yourself on an incredibly, incredibly deep level. And there, there is more to it, absolutely, except emotional intelligence for me is learning about what are your strengths? What do you do really well? What are your limitations? Because we all have them. And getting comfortable in sharing both your strengths and your limitations with people and out loud because people need to know that. Additionally, being aware of, yeah, your own emotions. What triggers me? What 
get what makes me emotional and then being able to regulate that it's also having the ability to comfortably admit my mistakes apologize when i'm wrong have empathy for other people wanting to understand them and, and, and knowing and understanding their perspective what's happening and then also taking the appropriate action based on the understanding the the understanding that we both gained and that to me is is a big big piece of emotional intelligence that's awesome so it seems like that's a valuable trait for like uh like heads of a company or lead, leaders you know it is well i mean you know it's I'm, I'm a i'm an avid i was telling you a little bit before the show i'm an avid new york giant football fan i have been for many many years and i've actually been a season ticket holder for almost 30 years during a tailgate quite a few years ago one of the guys in our group who's the uh, chief financial officer for a technology company in Manhattan said to me, hey, hey, Mr. Leadership Development Man, what's, give me one tip. Throw me the one tip that would make me the best leader possible. I thought about it and I was like, Peter, if you're gonna limit me to one tip, it would be get to know yourself extremely well because the better you know yourself, the more effectively you will work with other people. And I believe that to be true with every fiber I have. That's awesome. Yeah. Because most people spend as much time as they can, like not finding out who they are. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And I mean, it's, it's just so true. And I mean, it, it, it just makes so much sense to me when I understand who I am, what I am. And, and like I said, both from a strengths perspective and a limitations perspective. I, I talked to a client this morning who was asking me to do, do, do some stuff that doesn't really relate to training and development. And I said to him, I was just like, Ray, I'm not your guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not the person for this. It, it, this is not who I am or what I am. And it's, it's just so nice to be able to say that and be comfortable with it because I know myself. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and yeah, and, and um, that, that's very crucial for business owners too, because they try to like please everybody, but just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it, kind of thing. Well, and see there, there again, the the, the comment that you just made, Al, is to me is critical relative to emotional intelligence. Because, when, you know, one thing I talk about in my sessions all the time, you cannot please everybody all the time. It's impossible. And if you do try to please everybody all the time, you will fail. You will fail. And I mean, there's a quote that I like that comes from John Maxwell. He writes in one of his books, you try to please everybody all the time, you will alienate everybody instead. And that makes sense to me. I, can, I can't do it. And I mean, that's where, again, having the emotional intelligence, Al, I need to talk to you about something. This is not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy, except you know, the conversation relates to the best interests of the organization. So we are going to have it. 
That's awesome. It, it sort of reminds me of a book I read a long time ago called Crucial Conversations. I've read that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, the uh, um, that, that, that book changed my life for, for, in, a, in a good way for, for a long way back when. But um, so, so uh, what, what kind of people do you work with and what exactly do you do with them? Or is it companies or is it uh, heads of companies or departments? It, how it varies. I mean, it really, really does. I have I have worked with leadership teams exclusively. I have worked with leadership teams and then their management teams. And then even, you know, cascading it down to the individual contributors. I have coached senior executives before independently. I have coached managers independently. And again, all different levels, and it varies on what the organizations need, what they're looking for, and again, very candidly, what their commitment is to, you know, because a lot of these organizations, oh, we don't have the time, or oh, we, you know, we can't afford this, and it's like, man, it's, you know, you are shooting yourself in the foot by, you know, we don't have the time, or we don't have the money, it's like, you're going to be losing a lot more money than, than you realize. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, a lot of people are closed minded though. And they, they don't want to, you know, uh, even rock the boat of what's going on with their business. Cause they, that's right. They, they got to a certain point. They don't want to lose what they have, but they, you know, for, you know, for a potential gain. Well, I mean, I, I give, uh, I'm working with a client right now here in New Jersey. Uh, and I, I give them so much credit because you know, originally they thought they wanted to, to, to just have some management development training. I talked to a couple of the senior leaders and after the conversations, I said to them is that you need management development training. Yes, except before we start that, we need to help you build a culture here. The senior leaders need training, and then we'll cascade it down. And they have made the commitment. They have taken the time to do all of that. And it is making such a difference. And it, it's, it's been a joy to watch. That's awesome. That's beautiful that, they, that they're you know, taking the chance and embracing what you're offering. That's, that's awesome. So... Um, so do you have like like strategies or programs that they could implement like to keep uh, employees like or, or even their colleagues engaged and, you know, with the company and with its vision and everything? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that, that that's the one one thing, too, is that if any organization is going to take the time to build a vision, to have a mission statement, it needs to become a part of the fabric of the organization itself. And they, you know, the, the, the people within the organization need to be talking about it every single day, every single day. And, you know, when I, I, I will ask people often in, in my discovery conversations, what's the guiding light for major decisions that you make at this organization? What guides you? And if there isn't a guiding light, most often it's been my direct experience. It's because there's not a solid mission statement because that's your guiding light. That's off of that's that's what drives 
our decisions. And again, I and you know people 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 need to believe in the vision, and then along or need to believe in the mission, and then along with that, it's the responsibility of the leaders of the managers to build the relationships with everybody to make sure they are staying engaged. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that's awesome. So so and it's awesome that you you know show, show people how to do that. That's one of the things why I think uh, podcasts like like we're doing right here could, could be so beneficial for um, a company just internally, you know, like to, to be able to remind people of vision, mission, and, and also successes. I was talking with a gentleman yesterday who runs a really huge uh, flooring company, you know, and they do like government contracts, you know, with schools and et cetera. But um, they have employees all over the world, and it's like the the people in customer service, and they get the complaint calls. They don't see all the cool stuff that they actually produce, and the and the good that they do. And if they could showcase that in in, in something like, like even as simple as a podcast, and they just w- watch that or had access to it once a week or once a month, or whatever, yeah. then it, it could k- keep an employee engaged, right? You know, and like, oh, we do some really cool stuff, and it makes them happier about the position that they're in people want to know how they make a difference and it's it's just so important relative to you know you're right you know the person in the warehouse needs to understand that by picking the, the proper products quickly and effectively that impacts the bottom line it's like oh i just work here and i don't I, I was talking to I was talking to a guy who was in Manhattan a number of years ago, and one of the uh, you know one one of the janitorial staff yeah was was wiping up the coffee area yeah it was you know just you know cleaning up some of the spills it was probably around maybe ten thirty quarter or eleven in the morning whatever you know cleaning up wiping up putting some fresh glasses out and everything else and I went up to him and I was like thank you so much I hope you know what a difference you make. And he looked at me and he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, man, really? I said, when this area is nice and clean, it makes it attractive to people. So number one, it shows that the company pays attention to detail. They're going to be they're going to be happy to be able to come back, get their coffee. The condiments are here. Thanks to you. You make a big difference. And I thought he was going to cry. I really did. And I mean, and I meant what I said too, Al. You know, I'm not trying to be condescending and, oh, yeah, you make a difference. He does make a difference. Everybody does. And and I think that's one of the other ways so many companies fall down or miss, miss an opportunity to recognize the people within their organization and indeed how they make a difference. Yeah, definitely. De- definitely. And um, yeah, yeah, so so often companies, you know, they get caught up in the bottom line and they just pay all their attention to new customers and they they don't even pay attention to their existing customers, let alone their employees, you know, and at least enough. So, so yeah, that's, that's crucial. You know, it's, (laughs) we, we had, we had some guys come to the house today. They, they, uh, or they were uh, shrink wrapping uh, some of our outdoor furniture. 
and it was the, it was the first time we've done this. Okay, my wife and I talked to the owner of the company probably about six weeks ago on the phone, just talking to him, energetic, enthusiastic, a good businessman. Just and, and you know we we had talked things to him. When the call was over, I was like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. But you know, fine. The workers came out today. They were happy. They were engaged. They were friendly. And I said to Lori, I was like, I bet you, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that's coming from the top. And that's the owner taking good care of his people because he was enthusiastic with us. And I bet you he's enthusiastic with his employees. And it shows, it shows. Because we, we said to them when they left, hey, you guys do power washing, right? You know, we'll, we'll give you a call. We probably want you to come back and do that for us. So it's probably going to lead to more business for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, yeah, the, you know, for the, the top down, you know, whatever the mood is, it's contagious, right? And, and yeah, that, that's beautiful. And it, it excites me when I see that myself, you know, even if I go into a restaurant or, a, or, or a, you know, retail place and the, they're, and the and the they're happy the employees and they and and they have proper service and their customer service and they're you know attentive and all the things that are lacking these days like it's like wow I, like the they, they actually have training and they have their their support and all these different things that you know can turn you know can you know just make their jobs better make them make everybody make more money and uh, you know and and just be happy. That's right. right. I mean, that's 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 exactly what it is. And, you know, and, and again, just, you know, just hear, hearing the comment there is that, you know, we were talking earlier about how it's it's the leader's job to find out what's important to people. And, you know, sometimes it is going to be money. Sometimes it will be not always. Yep. And, you know, sometimes it is. You know what? What's important to me is having the flexibility to, you know, to, to leave early every Wednesday because I need to take my mom to the doctor or yeah, again, you know, what, whatever it might be here. And I mean, it, it, it was so interesting, Al, so many years ago when I resigned from Toshiba, okay, I had been there for a number of years and this was when I first got into training and development and I decided to resign. The only reason I decided to leave was because I was traveling too much and I, I was burning out and I just, I had no life. My point, I called my boss who sat in California. I was in New Jersey, get her on the phone. And I was like, Barbara, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm going to be resigning. And her first comment, her first comment, Ron, I can get you more money. Tony is in his office, her boss. And I knew Tony. I can get you more money. He's in his office right now. I will go in there. I'll tell him what's going on. And I was like, Barbara, wait, wait, wait. It won't matter. It's not the money. It's not the money. I'm actually happy with what I'm making. And 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 again, the point is that you know people. Oh, it's money. Oh, it's this. It's like no. It's a ask. Ask people what's important to them, and then you can either give it to them or be honest enough and say. Hey, you know what? I don't think we can provide that to you. And if it's that important to you and you need to leave, I'll be the first one to shake your hand. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, so so oftentimes that's, that's, that is the first response, you know, we'll give you more, you know, and, and, and like you said, that's, that's not always the case for some people, you know, they call, call that the golden handcuffs, right, as, as well, because, uh, you know, pre pre prevents you from going out to something that could actually fulfill you, you know, emotionally and spiritually and not just financially, you right. know. Because, because all, because the financial always comes when, when once you find your calling, you know, then the financial comes. There it is. I and I believe that with every fiber I have, I really do. You you give me fun, interesting work to do. Let me interact with interesting people. You're going to get my absolute best, and the money will follow. For so sure, the money will just follow. Yeah. So with, with uh, the companies that you can work with, is it mainly companies that have like existing like departments and struggles or do you also work with ones that maybe aren't as mature and you help them develop those departments? Do you do that as well? It's, it's both, Al. It, it really, really is. I have worked with organizations that are pretty well developed who need training help. You know, so, you know, sometimes, you know, there maybe there are just some inherent problems in there. Or I have also worked with organizations as they are growing and, you know, helping them to build and develop uh, future leaders. And that, I mean, that's something else about which I'm just very, very passionate is helping, you know, helping organizations build that pipeline so that when opportunities come up, for management positions, for leadership positions, they have people who are ready. And it's not like, oh, Al, you know, Al, Al just left, or Al just, you know, we just promoted Al, we need to fill his position. Who should we put in there? It's like, no, you have somebody ready, and you have somebody who's already had some formal leadership management training. And I mean, that that's the most effective way to do it, in my experience. That's awesome. Yeah. And like you were mentioning, you know, that, that, that saves a lot of heartache and then a, a lot of time and, and, and money because the um, pe pe sure. people don't understand, like from the outside looking in, how much money is actually invested into an employee, especially once they get into management positions. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I mean, and that that's where... Part, you know, one of the huge things, too, is making sure you select the right people. You know, as I, my, my experience has been, too, is that, oh, Ron, you're a good sales rep. You're a really good sales rep. We'll make you a sales manager. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> that can be a huge mistake. You know, because, again, it's a completely different set of competencies. And you need, again, actually, it goes back. Building those relationships and talking, Ron, are you interested in becoming a sales manager? This is what the job would entail. Here's how it's much different than what you're doing currently. And, you know, how, you know, how would you feel about, you know, putting together budgets and, and forecasts, you know, whatever it might be, because you're not selling any longer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so important to ask that, 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 that question first, you know, people just assume Right. You know, like, oh, yeah, like, like promotion and good, you know, like, but, right. but um, you know, or or the 
you know, it sort of reminds me like way back a long time ago, because I come from a fitness background and I, I remember I moved from LA to Orange County and there was this woman who was just crazy awesome at bringing in clients and getting them to, you know, pay in full and thousands of dollars and packages and all their friends. And, but she only worked part time. And the, um, the, the, the guy that actually owned the, the facility, he was trying to force her to be full time, you know, cause to, so, to, so everybody could make more money, but that's not what she wanted. And when he actually, he, he actually made it mandatory and she ended up quitting <laughs> you know, and, and all those people like this left, you know, all, all those paid in fulls. And, um, you know, just because she, she was happy and she, 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 it was, it was nothing to her, you know. And then when he tried to put this extra responsibility, it, you know, so, so, um, so, so yeah, like, do you want to be a manager or, you know, some people are happy, you know, in the position that they're at. It's like you were, you know, as far as your salary. That's right. You know, that's, that's exactly right. You know, and I mean, and it's 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 just, you know, the the world has changed so much over the years, and that you know, and the the what you're making me think about, Al, is is just along the lines of not that many. No, I shouldn't say not that many. That's not fair. Quite a few people no longer want to climb the ladder. They're just not interested in it. And I mean, it's not, it, it may not be the best example in the world. And still, my, my nephew, Jeff, is a physician. And, he, and he, he's been practicing now, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 years, something like that. He lives out in Seattle. I was out there last year, and I was like, Jeff, would you ever be considered, or would you ever consider going into administration and getting into hospital leadership? He looked at me and he was like, are you crazy? He goes, I don't want to do that. I want to be a doctor. And again, the point is, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We, you know, the, you know, it's the hospital's responsibility to keep him engaged, to keep him interested, to find out what else can we do for you? What other kind, you know, is there anything else we can be doing? Not another specialty or anything. Still in all, I hope I'm making my, I hope I'm making my point where it's like, not everybody wants to get promoted. That's okay. What can we do to keep you here within the organization? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's like the make it or break it kind of a thing for a business too, right? Be, being able to have those kinds of skills because it's going to come up more than once, right? <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that situation. <laughs> yeah, so, so, um, but yeah, being able to, um, to keep people happy in the positions that they're in, you know, and being able to recognize people and, you know, like sort of keep them on or set them down the path that they're looking to go on, you know, for growth within the company. And like you said, if, if, if you can't fulfill that, then let them know as well, you know, all, all that is so valuable for a, for a business to learn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, so, um, so do, do you do your, uh, it on, um, like a time kind of a commitment or like, how do you work with people? I, I, I will sit down with them Al, and I am very, very flexible. 
with, with, with everything that I do. I'll sit down. We will have a number of different conversations just about, number one, what are the needs here? What, what needs to happen? And just, again, I am, I am not one that will sit there and, and say it is absolutely mandatory that, you know, we have five sessions together, you know, that I need to do five training sessions for your company. Or even, you know, we need to do five coaching sessions. It's absolutely mandatory. I don't do that. I'm flexible because every every company is different. Every person is different. And, you know, the, the, the organization with which I've been working, I, I mentioned them earlier about the culture. We've been working together for a number of months now. And what's working for them are half-day sessions. That's what they're looking to do. That's what works for them. And I mean, it is working for me too in this case because they are local. So it works out for me. And still, the point is for me, I'm as flexible as I possibly can be. Right on. That, that's awesome. Um, as far as like you, you had mentioned, like the, the COVID thing that, that happened, but, uh, but like since, since that period of time, um, and uh, a lot of people like working from home now and stuff like that. Ha has that changed like the landscape or changed um, the challenges that leaders face in a company? Yeah, I, I do. I do think it has changed. I think it's changed the dynamics. I think the, the biggest thing for me, I am all about building and sustaining relationships. And I think that's one of the most important things that has to happen for any leader to be successful and for any organization to be successful. And that has changed through COVID, of course, with people working from home. Still in all, I'm, I'm just a believer in making an unsolicited telephone call, you know, to an employee and to a colleague. It's just like, hey, just checking in. You know, we got to. You know, did you, you know, how was your workout this morning? What did you do? You know, whatever it might be. And, and trying still to maintain that as much human contact as possible. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, you know, I found that with, with, with my business. I, I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, but, but like sales is part of every business, right? And right. I used to get like, shy like i think i was bugging people when i would call them you know customers and they and they would literally thank me and even send an email like thank you for reaching out you know like blah 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 you know you know we don't get that anywhere else and all these kinds of things yeah. So, so, so yeah like like um you know even like a, at nighttime whatever you know like they they, they think well, well it's about past hours they're thinking about me all that kind of stuff that's cool how would a business know um when they need you or when should someone seek uh like, like what level of uh, should a business be at or you know uh, in order to seek out your um services usually it's it, you know it's it's when an organization is really starting to grow and you know when 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 a company reaches like maybe 25 30 people and and is going from there that often is when there needs to be some structure put in place. You know, I said, it's no longer, oh, nobody has a boss. We all just talk to each other. And that's fine when there's 10, 11, 12 people around. As the organization is starting to grow, 
there needs to be some structure, some formal structure put in place. Instead, and I don't mean this in you know in a way where it's like you report to me and he reports to her. No, except again, there has to be some sort of structure so that the organization can continue to function and move forward. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, th yeah. There's this guy Jason Priestley. He talks about like if you get once you get. Uh, it, it, it's all fine once you get to about 13 and then once you get at 13 it's just like chaos right. and then and then um when you get to about 40 or 50 then uh, th that's when you put in the structures that you're speaking of and <laughs> things become manageable again but in, in between it's just like uh the the, the wild frontier <laughs> right. well i mean that, that's exactly right and i mean that's that mirrors what this food company has gone through because they were at about 25 people and they are growing. They're at 50 now and the number continues to climb and they need that structure for the manageability. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because even even just knowing what the next hire should be, you know, like as, like, like as far as this position and stuff like that, too, you know, because uh, so, some people like they have trouble finding who to hire for a position, but you know, companies oftentimes don't even know which is the best position to hire for for the for the next employee. You know, it, it's a yeah. There's so many challenges, like different challenges that appear as a company grows. You know that you know from from that are much different from startup or from the initial growth. You know, and like like what gets you to whatever you know. Th you know, 1 million or 3 million is different than what will get you to 10 to 50 to whatever, you know, like the, the, the way you attack things that has to change along the way. And someone like you could uh, streamline that considerably. Yeah. yeah. From a, from a people perspective, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes. Um, let's see. So is, is there anything that I'm mi missing? Al, I don't think so. I, I, I really, really don't. I think we've, you know, we've certainly hit on the major points is that for me, like I said, it's about getting to know yourself extremely well. And, and also, actually, to add to that, actually, getting to know yourself extremely well and being humble enough to ask for help and to realize I don't have all the answers. That's okay. Who can help me? And it takes a strong person to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things that just popped into my head, I was because I had some reading some uh, information about you, and was was that how, how do I know that I'm making the best decisions for my company? You know, that um, that, that that's a. a that's something that's popped into my head, you know, like as, as I'm doing stuff and, and you help people with things like that as well. Oh, absolutely. That that goes back to in, in my mind, that goes back to having that strong mission statement that everybody knows, that everybody understands. That's the guiding light. You know, as we make this decision, are we being consistent with our mission? And you know, if if the answer is yes, wonderful. And if the answer is no, 
It's like, man, we need to go in a different direction because otherwise we are violating what we believe in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I can sort of attest to that. The, uh, the business that I've had the most success with, you know, um, it, it is the one that I had the, the mission and, and, and these core values, only three, three core values, but you know, and, um, but, uh, and, and I would, I, and I did a lot of speaking with it and I, you know, and I would mention them at every single event, every podcast interview that I did, everything. And, um, and people would even ask me like, what's the, you know, cause I talk about the phases that I'm in and the company, like we're in phase this right now. And this, this is what our goals are. And, and people, that would come to the events that would actually ask me like, Hey, what phase are you in now? And you know, like what, you know, what, what's this or that, you know, and, and, uh, the, the, the community that was able to be built from that was amazing. Yes. You know, that's right. So, uh, and like, like what I like about your business is that it deals with building the internal community you know, you know, as opposed to supposed to just like social media followers and all this stuff, like, but, the, but, but the most important people, which are the employees, like building a community atmosphere within that is, is so valuable. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, that is true. And I mean, it's, you, you know, people I, I read somewhere many years ago is that people will treat customers the way they are treated at work and that makes yeah. sense to me i mean it yeah. really really does for sure you know, treat them well and they're going to treat your customers well yeah yep yep so um how how do uh, people uh find out more about you the the best way to do it al is through linkedin uh just very very simply my name is ron reich and it's r-e-i-c-h the name of my company is RLB Training and Development. And yeah, just, you know, go ahead, take a look at the page. There's a lot of information on there. There are some snippets that I've written. There are uh, some videos that I've done. And I welcome the opportunity to have a conversation with anybody. And, you know, when I say that, I mean it. It's a conversation. Not going to be a sales pitch. It's not going to be, oh, I'm going to, you know, I need to charge you for this or whatever it might be. Let's talk. And if we can work together, wonderful. If not, so be it. That's okay. I'm still glad to help any way I can. Awesome, awesome. And we'll make sure to put the links to your, your LinkedIn profile um, in the show notes, you know, below the episode. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Al, glad to do it. Thank you. It's, it was a lot of fun to talk with you.